Smash that motherfucking record button. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad then you got me saying that stupid bullshit. <laughs> oh my God. Well, and also, cause unfortunately I have to leave right at 5.30. But that's plenty of time. And we have, we have so much to discuss anyhow. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. So I have a whole stack of things here um, that I pulled from actual newspapers. Oh my god, and I read the Wikipedia entry on Woody Harrelson's dad, and let me tell you, you were right. I was like, what? It just Hold keeps, on. Yeah. <laughs> I seriously was like, I want to find like much more information about this. I'll so. let you take lead on that one since it's fresher in your memory because the last time I mm -hmm. read it was when I sent you that message so also like again like I'm, I'm like a dipshit true crime head so like I love all this shit so you know yeah um I, I you know of course like the progressive in me the like abolitionist in me is like it's propaganda and I'm like all I know is that no show taught me better than to shut the fuck up when you talk to cops is any of that shit so I don't know yeah I anyway uh... I. Oh, what was I going to say? You've been reading newspapers. I've been reading newspapers. I'm looking at my notes up on the mirror, seeing if I can. Yes, I've seen a ton of movies since we last talked. Did we ever talk about natural born killers? Did we copy? Did we cover that? We we talked about it a little bit. Um, well, actually, I don't know. I don't remember. Like since uh, I saw, we it, can... did we talk about Robert Downey Jr. rolling around the ground, firing his guns off, which I think was. No, we did not. Okay. We did not talk about that shit, but we absolutely can. Okay, just for a moment. Um, you know, on the subject of Woody Harrelson. Let me just move this Yeah, and there. I mean, I, th I think it's also kind of fair to say that at this point, if we're talking about a movie like Natural Born Killers, and we've mentioned it before, I think at this point we can be like, you know, yeah, if you didn't watch it, just I think you can hit pause and skip any spoilers, but, you know, yeah, whatever. exactly. You can go um, watch it. I mean, that's what I do. Kathy says a movie, and I'm like, oh, yeah, in the next week I'll watch that. Why not? There we go. That's what happened. No, I'm now like a like I now am obsessed. I want to watch all of these. Uh, I want to watch like every Oliver Stone movie now. But we'll get to that. I, I'm we'll actually, that. I, you know what? I'm on the same thing. That's why I ended up seeing like Wall Street, and um, I'm just trying to get to like some of the other ones I've never even heard of. Like honestly, I feel it feels weird. But Platoon is one I know is really popular, but zero, not on my radar at all. Huge in huge in our family, my family. Uh, we, I, I think I was like a child when I watched that, and it's it's pretty graphic. Okay. Even for a war movie, right? Like, wow. Okay. I'll be prepared mm -hmm. for that. I'll try to know who I'm watching. Well, like, because I think what it's graphic about it, it, what's graphic about it is um, the like human condition, not just mm. like it's not like it's not like uh, Saving Private Ryan in the sense that it's like, ooh, we're about to see a bunch of bodies get blown up. Like, it wasn't that. Like, yeah, you'll see that, right? But mm -hmm. um, this is, like, about, like, the true ugliness of humankind and what comes out in a place like a war. And um, you'll, you'll see if you've... Oh, my God. Anyway. Okay, cool. we'll talk, well, I'll rewatch cool. it because I haven't seen it in many years. Anyway, so... Great. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll put that on the top of the, the Oliver Stone list. Um and I want to watch Nixon. I'm a big, I, yeah. I'll say I'm a big fan of Nixon. And I have I'm not no like... context for, for any of that historically. I mean, I've never, you know, other than the few paragraphs they teach you at school, honestly, I've never spent time. Although I do have like, a, I recently, in the past few years, I picked up a book that was like a copy of all of the like transcripts of the tapes. And I thought that was kind of neat. I, I, once again, I didn't have the context, but it was kind of, some of it was interesting even to the layman. Um. I actually have a Nixon Agnew bumper sticker on my car. <laughs> wow, that's really cool. That's like a. Did you have to like dig that out from like a, a or was it a recreation? Yeah, no, it's okay. a recreation. You know, you can go online. You can fucking find right. anything. You know, yeah. and I'm sure. I'm sure to. Um, so um, I guess maybe a couple of comments on that. Like, uh, uh, I bought the car with the sticker on it. Oh, that's excellent. Um, now the person who had the car previously was also like a you know a jokester, oh, a prankster, okay. Oh, okay. A, a silly person like myself. Right? That's fun. And uh, just thought it was hilarious 
to have that on your car, right? Because this was also like, uh, you know, we're we're like uh, exiting the Obama era and entering, you know, the, uh, you know, once we're in 2016, like things are starting to get really weird mm-hmm. in politics. And mm-hmm. so it was like, yeah, fuck these assholes, right? Like I feel fuck that. the Democratic Party and fuck everything else. And here, here we were in a town like Santa Fe. Yeah. Where you know everyone you know is blue, but um, what I what I feel like I've discovered is like, you know, we know just statistically speaking, we look at like uh, the like poll results from, you know, when MLK was alive and mm-hmm. what did people think about him and uh, what do you think of those crazy hippies and Vietnam and right like you look at those numbers and like the majority of people were fucking square as shit, right? Yeah. But then you're in an enclave like Santa Fe, which prides itself on being incredibly liberal and progressive. Absolutely. And I'm looking at these people going, there's no way. There's no way that they're all, that they were all there. They weren't all marching, right? They weren't all holding a sign. Some of these assholes I know were like staring someone down being like, why aren't you in the back of the bus? And I know because of the way they kind of fucking look at me, you know, I kind of see it in their eyes a little mm. bit, right? Maybe I'm imagining it because of course, like I am kind of hyper vigilant in that way, but nonetheless, right? And so it's always really funny when I'm at like the Trader Joe's the sprouts uh the contemporary cinema areas or whatever and then they see my ass get out of the car with my stupid little sticker right and they're just like they don't really know what to make of it they don't really know what to say it's always a conversation starter people are like is that a real sticker now mind you like the car and the age of the bumper sticker like they don't match but like people don't Maybe they can't tell because they think it's like, oh, is that whole thing original? And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah." the car is from early 2000s, but for sure. Yeah, totally a 1970s thing. Anyway, so it's just kind of funny because you can tell that like people just don't know shit. Right. And then they're like, well, I I bought it on the Internet. And they're like, the car? And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You know, um, I, um, anyway, it's just really funny. It's really funny. And I love Nixon, but not the way Roger Stone loves Nixon. Yeah, that I wouldn't get a tattoo right on my back, I guess. Right. That's a um, that's a step. That's a step that I was just reminded of when I was watching that Q documentary. But also they put it in that Netflix documentary as well. Um, get me to Roger Stone, I think it's called or something like that. I, I actually meant to watch that after I watched that documentary for some refreshed context in his exploits um speaking of people who are into interesting sexual situations netflix is starting a reality show called how to build a sex room and uh, this article is talking about how it shows about building a sex room is about more than just sex and i'm gonna hold up the article for you so you can see god the image yeah yeah Mm -hmm. oh my god so like first of all you need to have a closed chair Let's see. I mean, I feel like every bedroom has a clothes chair, and that's because you have to take off your clothes. So obviously, if it's like the sex room, there yeah. has to be a clothes Look chair. Look at that, right? I'll, um, I'll, I'll picture it out. Uh, but here, for see, there's an accessory chair. Oh, there yeah, on the no, side. totally. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I love this. A uh, 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 clothes swing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely. It's where, it's where all the clothes hang to dry, of course. So here's here's something actually. So I I I recently posted a picture of me and my sweetheart um, mm-hmm. making jokes at the Castle Superstore uh, in Albuquerque. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, you know we were actually kind of meta commenting on our experience of what's the difference between when when was the first time you ever went to. I mean, this is a, like a funny question for, mm-hmm. for people if they're young, because it's like, right, like they've been able to go into a sex toy store for like three years or something, but we're old, right? right. So yes. the first time I ever went into one of those stores was a long time ago now. Mm-hmm. And for as much as, for as puritanical and fucked up as like the ruling classes, uh, it's been very different experience. The first time I ever went into like Castle Megastore, I thought it was like so seedy right like so like yes. sketchy and and it, i like, had the same experience until but i had someone with me who had been there before is like 
you know, taking my hand basically and being like, it's mm -hmm. cool. Just get, it's, it's all good. <laughs> but now you walk into it and it's just as posh and like attention to customer comfort and things like that as like a fancy sex toy store. Mm -hmm. Right. And I say fancy because like there used to be a difference between the two um very markedly mm. and now now like everyone's inner pervert is somewhat celebrated right yeah because it's it's everywhere it's in all media now it's not even like a yeah it's encouraged in way more ways than it used to be for certain how many people started to like get into like bdsm literally because of like 50, 50 shades, shades. Of gray. Right. right and everyone was able to talk about that kind of anywhere and i think that if anything that would probably be the biggest contributing factor culturally to that i think is making normalizing that in some way well because i always felt weird like like i mean i have a bookshelf full of smut right like mm. and and it's like intellectual smut right it's like the marquis mm. de Sade and like oh. simone de bouvier or whatever commenting on sod and like french pornography novels from 1940 and 1850 you know shit like that right and it's just like ooh, they like hiked up her skirt and touched her bottom right sure fine but like I don't know, like, I don't think that I used to, like, like, now it's just on a shelf, like any other fucking book, right? It's like right next to my dictionary, like, I don't mm. care, right? Like, maybe not just because I'm more comfortable in my skin, right? But because I also understand that, like, the people I have around me, like, they don't give a shit, right? Like, they don't care anymore either. And maybe that yeah. would not have actually been the case 25 years ago. It might have been on a more private shelf in my bedroom or something. And yeah. now it's just next to the D&D &D manual. Yeah, I don't foresee know? anyone going and reading my Marvel hardcovers and seeing what's in those because wild stuff, man, in the 90s. <laughs> Especially the, I mean, the Invisibles through Vertigo. Especially it yep. was wild. And I then I that. had the, the Alan Moore Lost Girls that, that he did with his wife. or his. I don't know if they were ever mm, married, but I it was like... Know. Oh, Lost Girls is, um, it's a three volume retelling of like Alice in Wonderland. I think it's like Sleeping Beauty. I don't, I don't have it anymore. So I, I wish I still did because it was like three gorgeous fucking hardcover fantagraphics type oh, of shit, you know? That's my I shit. Hardcovers are yeah. my deal. Mm. <laughs> well, this one was really good, but if you, you know, it was like, it was like smutty, mm -hmm. you know, it was sexy and, you know, he did it with his wife, somewhat erotic and like, you know. There's a lot of that at Comic-Con, the San Diego Comic-Con, especially the all the top artists of that world get together and they have like a whole aisle of uh, like Artist Alley there, which is really long, obviously, at that Comic-Con. It's quite, um, I mean, you get to see like anyone in that world who you've ever heard of probably is there. It's mm -hmm. something to see. It's not just Boris Vallejo anymore. He's not the only pervert, you know, anymore wasn't, like that. Yeah, that's like the term they used to use in the world. There was like, wasn't that like a subgenre of like art was like, it sounds weird, but it wasn't like pervert art, like a thing specifically. I don't know what the actual terms were for it, but like, um, I'll, I'll, I'll try to. It's probably like some shit like that. Because like it was because it was like some crazy dude self-identified like as that. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, like, and they were like, no, nah, like crumb very proudly is like, yeah, I dream of a big ass suffocating me. Yeah, of course. Who doesn't dream of that? And we're like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right, Mr. Crumb. Speaking of. The Bachelorette, Bachelorette <clears throat> season 19 of the hit dating series features two leading ladies, fan favorites Gabby Windy and Rachel Recchia, who supported one another through their devastating dual breakup in the season 26 finale of The Bachelor. The women will once again stand by each other's side as they set out to find love. That's at uh, 8, uh, 8 p.m. Uh, yeah, so check that out on ABC. <laughs> if you're into reality television that we're not uh we haven't touched yet well so 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 uh you know for our listeners who may not know i uh i part of the reason we didn't have a show last week is two things i guess one was planned that one was that there was like a city council meeting shit that i had to do for work and it was just my schedule was just going to be bonkers bananas that week uh, but the, I guess I'll say the unexpected thing is that my sweetie and I, we made it official. We got engaged. It's it wonderful. Like a big deal. Congratulations from me and the audience. One, I'm delighted and, you know, admittedly scary because, mm -hmm. you know, like it's, it's scary. It is scary. Yeah. 
I, uh, yep. <laughs> and and you know, know like, about like it. An, and and that's kind of hard to admit, even right? Like like um, you know, and I I talk I talk I talk to my sweetie about it, and you know, and of course, like you know, smooch smooch. Of course, I understand, right? But again doesn't change the fact that it's like nerve-wracking and so now i'm like obsessed with things like bridezilla because now i'm like you know i've seen some of those episodes before right i've never like i i of course it's not until you and i started doing this podcast that i feel like i study what we watch you mm -hmm. know before i think i used to be much more passive about it oh, 100%. anyway even as critical as i tend to be i was still like no, this is when I get to turn this off, maybe, right? Um, anyway, so remembering that and being like, I don't know, like, Bridezilla's were always, like, mad that just the cake didn't look quite right. And now I'm like, kind of like, you know, that shit all has to be projection. That shit's all leaking, right? It's just, like, they're probably not addressing something that's, like, actually real. And instead, they're like getting fucking perplexed by the fucking color of the fondant or whatever, you know. And I'm like, yeah. let like that's where I want to be. Where that's where I want to be. Like, if I'm starting to obsess about something like that, then I need to go to therapy. Uh, yeah, and I would say, <clears throat> you know, in general, on those shows, much like any other reality show, when you see people put under particular stress, which is generally what every reality show is about, putting people in some kind of stressful situation or capturing them in one, uh, as you get more stressed out, your uh, range of options of, of responding, responding to things becomes more limited. And that, you know, reality show producers know that that makes for entertaining television and also real life enthusiasts such as ourselves uh, uh, know all about that as well. <laughs> uh. I mean, this is this is the other thing that kind of came up. I mean, even to the point of natural born killers, um, because I picked, I bought a copy of the National Enquirer for the first time in maybe I don't know, uh, thirty years. I don't fucking know when was the mm -hmm. last time if I ever purchased one. I maybe I never have. Maybe I've only ever seen it in a doctor's office or some shit, you know. But, um, wow. Uh, first of all, the reason that I was compelled to buy it was because the cover story was uh, all of like true crime reality of like true crime uh true uh reality's biggest criminals is what it said mm -hmm. and it was like oh this one killed somebody like not on the show just like afterwards or whatever it was dark wow and i think the darkest part of it wasn't that they were saying look at how this is like kind of embedded in like the reality TV was that it like it just started to get more and more recursive as I realized like well that's what made me pick this up and like that's why I bought it and like that's why I'm like I'm reading it and I'm like disgusted by it I'm disgusted by the fact that I bought it that I'm reading it that it happened that I watched those shows in the first place mm -hmm. like and I was like it was like a recursive feeling of disgust in myself and in society mm -hmm. and I was like I need to go outside mm -hmm. And when and that's how I felt when I finished Survivor season four, and then we watched Survivor season five. And believe me, Survivor <laughs> season five had much more actionable things in it, immediately actionable things that they just let, uh, you know, not even get a person voted out, and they didn't even remove them from the game. And we got to the oh. end of season five, and we felt like we wanted to walk away from it, but you know, for uh, uh, you know, a, a little a, a, a beat, you know, for a beat. But um, no, you know, I know we're gonna go right back to six because now, now that I've seen what it has to offer in terms of glaring like departures from reality, in terms of like handling things properly, I just want to see more because I don't think, based on what I saw, that things are gonna change at a fast enough clip to like I think it's gonna be really rocky for them. Like I think I'm gonna see a lot of things as we get even closer to like reality, where it's just gonna be like, why didn't anyone like do anything in the moment like when that happened? But I'll get to that. For now, I'm gonna tell you. Well, about... Like, did you? Well, before before you do, oh, because I have clips. Seconds. I have clips. Oh my god! Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh -huh. So right now that you said about the, this thing about like the break from reality, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, 
so like earlier today I was taking a break from work and I was like, I went to go have lunch and it was at lunchtime, which was a late lunch that I finally was able to like sit down, and actually look at my Twitter feed, which I don't always, mm-hmm. I try like when I'm at work, but here I was. And the first thing I saw was Kylie Jenner apparently uses her mm-hmm. private plane for three minute yep. long flights. Mm-hmm. And yes. I'm like, okay, who has really broken with reality? Kathy, I, right? have, I like, have something even worse for you than that. Did you see the details about why she, where she goes on the three-minute plane flight? Did you see where she went? She went to no. shop at a Target to, like, play, like, you know, like, middle class, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right, so she, like, just goes over to... So, okay, but, like, does that mean that there's a fucking... Mm-hmm like airport at the target is well, it basically like a target in an airport so, like, so basically the situation lost. is this if you look at the adsb exchange and the way that the i've, I've kind of looked at this a little bit yes yes if, no please continue because i love this shit. if you look I at the adsb exchange and you can see her flight we've talked which, about this go on too. twitter and go on twitter and find the 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 one that fl- follows her jet specifically and you can go in there you can oh, see God, all no. the flights <laughs> And uh, this is great. This is great. And, and you can see there's a there's a several flights on there that are just three minutes. And I'm pretty sure what those flights are, realistically, is a repositioning of a plane from one airstrip to another or something like that within the same area. It's not literally like a three-minute flight. It's like three minutes at holding altitude or whatever. So that's the other thing. But, but let's say that she really was taking this plane for three minutes. She did take other plane trips that were only like 13 or 14 minutes as well. So, so she is taking a large range. She is taking the jet from like, you know, like a hundred miles. Like Santa Fe to Albuquerque. Literally. Like, uh, you yeah. know, or you no, know, not literally, but that's that, that distance. Yes. Yeah. But like, that's not that far. And it no, makes so it take like, so much uh, time anyway to get up out, get to altitude down descend all that i know i run simulators all the time that would alone would take more than driving <laughs> even with traffic but she does it all the time and now you know uh you know the teens are out calling her like a, a climate uh criminal um it's hurting her brand tremendously hurt her brand no so no i'm seeing that no? right because yeah. it's yeah no i yeah yeah like so i Someone just quote tweeted a screenshot of this Instagram photo where, uh, I mean, I, I this her and this other person, I guess, that she's dating. I actually don't know who this might be, but it's someone, right? Who's Kylie Jenner dating? Uh, I actually don't know. Sorry. So she's dating someone or something, and they're, they're being cute, and it looks like they're embracing each other lovingly in front of two private jets and a Rolls Royce. And the Kylie Jenner Instagram post is uh, captioned, you want to take mine or yours? Yes. And Chris Jenner writes decisions, decisions, and some other cute celebrity writes ooh goals or some shit like that. That's it. But the quote tweet is, wow, these are really tacky. Mm-hmm. Check out the comments yeah and literally talking about how she's destroying her brand in real time like and it reminds me of like that lady that uh speaking of plane trips lady Mm -hmm. who was like i'm on my way to africa hope i don't get aids and then like 12 hours later uh, off that flight everyone was like oh we're coming for you lady like we know where your plane's at like (laughs) i just love um, the fact that people don't understand that like private planes are probably more of a headache these days to like your personal travel and also first class flights on a lot of commercial airlines are tremendous on their own and probably there's ways you can make it exclusive if you had a billion dollars anyway and you could just use that but I don't know if you're Elon Musk it seems like it, everyone you know I just saw him like take that trip to Sweden he did or whatever and then back and like isn't it weird isn't that like bad for your security if everyone in the world knows like where you're going if you're that's just the whole thing terrible idea another terrible idea involving planes i watched the victoria's secret angels and demons that i promised last time the three-part uh uh documentary about leslie wexner and uh, jeffrey epstein's exploits with the uh, Uh relation to the limited and all that um pretty good i would say definitely i don't know if it covers new details maybe it does but it it was uh super interesting if you don't know too much about the whole situation i would say if if you don't go ahead and give it a watch for sure um 
you know, I will say it is the only documentary that goes through that that manages to be like watchable without like, you know, a tear jerking moment or something like that. So that's highly encouraging if you want to like look at that topic without like being semi traumatized, but through uh, throughout it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, very, very interesting. Tells you a lot about Leslie Wexner in specific who you probably don't know, I'm going to assume, unless you follow, like, stock news or something like that. That's the only way that I'd ever really heard of him before, so. Um, or you're already kind of familiar with this story. Yeah, he, right? he's, he's the man who basically was created the limited brands and all those related fashion brands and created fast fashion, actually, which is actually what most of the documentary about is about one-third or, let's say, a little more than that is just about the fa- how the fast fashion world was born and, like, how the limited was you know the brand that kind of spread it as a model pretty pretty interesting um and so yeah you can check that out for sure that's just on um hulu all of it's out all at once i don't know why they broke it into three episodes because each of them was only 45 minutes and they could have just been like a (laughs) one thing but uh so uh the um as as many new mexicans know uh, Jeffrey Epstein is, uh, you know, connected to the state. He, right. Uh, um, had his Zorro ranch out here and uh, is allegedly the place where he wanted to have his, like, Elon Musk breeding program. Mm-hmm. They, they covered that a tiny bit. Yeah. Um, and uh, in Eyes Wide Shut, apparently... Mm-hmm. The initials on the gate to the weird fucked up house J-E? are J-E. <sighs> Off the watch. That's that's. I'm watching Kubrick also. I just watched um, oh my God. Dr. Strangelove since we last talked. And I hadn't realized, oh. I, I, I watched it too young and I never made any of the connections that mattered. You know, uh, now it blew my mind. I mean, speaking of Kissinger and Nixon, yeah. right? There we go, right? Yeah. So, the and end, then somehow the that motherfucker is still alive. The end of that movie never connected with me either at all. I didn't know. I was like, oh, now watching it with knowledge, it made more sense. <laughs> Love it. Um, have you have you watched much of Kubrick? Uh, just like 2001, 2010. Um, let's see the the Vietnam one but see i don't even know i can't pop in oh, my full brain. metal jacket that's it i don't know okay. i haven't seen it recently enough to even remember the name quickly so. oh my gosh so i mean again like i'm 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 a, I'm a goofball nerd about movies so i actually know quite a bit but the one that i want to mention right kubrick started as a um a war photographer mm-hmm. he was a war newsman um and like so- uh, employed by the army yeah, or some shit like that. Because the um, army used to during the wars, I think they actually employed like photographers. They probably still do. Mm-hmm. I think they use mm-hmm. it a little bit to like uh, keep tabs on what their soldiers are doing, making sure they're killing the right people, etc. Photo evidence. Yeah, he got um, somewhere something like that. I'm trying to see. Yeah, in 1946, he became an apprentice photographer for Look Magazine um da 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 but he had done a bunch of like like war shit and boxing shit uh, i mean i don't remember exactly i just know that like that's how he got started was more of like a photojournalism approach mm-hmm. right not like a directly creative approach okay. right he wasn't like a stiglitz or something right okay. he's like yeah. he's like uh like like a newspaper man i guess right okay. um uh, again, I don't really know whatever the fuck, but like I think about that when he makes these movies because I feel like uh, there's some like even though like Strange Love is really fucking like surreal and like really bizarre. Like I think about just like enough. There are, yeah. there's some of those shots, especially like when they're trying to take over the fucking base again, where it feels like you're in a war. Yeah, some of it even felt like. Well, I mean, I'm sure some of it was like uh, footage, you know, stock footage mm-hmm. or whatever, because especially there was a couple shots. But I mean, that's part of the aesthetic is what I felt. Did you feel um, in watching it that a little bit of the aesthetic was a little bit like overly cheesy than it had to be like on purpose to sell the kind of like beating of the drum and all that to like help the okay. kind of propped up? OK. OK. Well, I also want to make sure right, that because. 
No, because I, I, I think like this is also the problem or the challenge of satire, right? And mm-hmm. and and like if you're like if your satire isn't strong enough, then you risk that people are just gonna I don't know, swallow it without being critical about it, right? So you right. have to be somehow over the top with it, but that kind of doesn't make it satire anymore, right? I like, think that's why he did the names. Is... I think the names, mm-hmm. the reason the names are like amalgamations that are kind of like basic jokes is helped sell that to be like, oh, these aren't people to be taken seriously, much like <laughs> who they're satirizing, yes. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, I love him. I, I do too, based on just my, my short prescription I've had here, and I'll, I'm going to try to fill it up all the way soon enough. Um, but I think Eyes Wide Shut is definitely up there next in terms of like the secret world. I know he's done maybe something else, but you know, check that out. Um, Paths of Glory with um, what's his fucking name? It's another war movie. Uh, Michael Douglas is that who it is? Hold on, let me see. Oh, M. Doug, couldn't remember his name in the other episode. Kirk Douglas. Oh. Kirk Douglas is uh, in Brother Douglas. Paths of Glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's beautiful. It is just simply a beautiful film. I think so. Just. Yeah, no, I mean, all I'm saying is, yes, continue watching all of these, but um... I'm having a great time. I'm having a great time. If I can recommend one film service lately, other than, you know, Criterion, which is your everyone should have that pretty much based on just the value alone. But um, Mm -hmm. agreed. (laughs) uh, HBO Max actually has, I would say, the biggest selection of actual like movies from the past if you're going to have just like one, I would say even like maybe over Netflix, go for that because they have the documentaries on it and everything else. But man, there's so many, there's so much stuff that I was just going and searching. I was like, wow, this all disappeared from Prime or this disappeared from whatever. Mm-hmm. It's because it's all been moving. I think Warner mm-hmm. Brothers has probably been consolidating all their stuff back to their platform, if I yeah. had to guess. <clears throat> yeah, because they have a lot of the Turner classic movie shit. And so it's yeah. a lot of like there's, I don't want to say like the criterion overlap, but yeah, if you're like trying to get bang for your buck, I have also really been enjoying that HBO. And like, I feel like I've, I've been bored of my Netflix for, I don't know how fucking long. So like, I mean, I, I canceled it some time ago and haven't really missed it. There's true crime docs in there that we watch, but yeah, we, we, we haven't been watching it at all really. Um, all, we could have skipped them all. Actually the most recent, uh, true crime doc that I watched was on HBO and that was the under, uh, I wrote it down up here. Let's see, I'm pointing at it. It's about the Kim Wall, the the submarine they, in, in Sweden, they called it, or Denmark, they called it the submarine case. Mm-hmm, it's about mm-hmm. the, the journalist from Wired that went on a submarine. Uh, let's see. Well. Anyway. Do you remember what it was called? Yeah, I'm just going to. Kind of, it. sort of. I'm going to pull it up right here. Under, okay. it was. So journalist Kim Wall from Wired Magazine um, gets taken on the submarine of a man who's described as like the Elon Musk mm. Jr., basically. And um, he um, had finished this submarine in 2008. Now, he had been known as like a private rocket man as well. He had aspirations much smaller. It seemed like he was spending a lot of money just to kind of inflate his ego in a way that Elon Musk was able to successfully create some kind of commercial product out of in this, you know, in that this guy was just spending a bunch of his money and, and wasting his time completely. So, um, but he had gained a profile from it. And the documentary, his perspective is given through basically he has like a biographer <clears throat> he who he had basically told his life story to and he's interviewed through basically that although at the end he does give like a few lines but he goes through basically the documentary goes through how this man uncovers how the public found out how this man took this journalist from wired onto a submarine took on a little submarine trip for like an hour and then by the time he comes up at the end she's gone and he has no real explanation he lands he like you know makes his way back. The submarine has crashed somehow mysteriously, and um, you know like, and and he has no explanation. So it turns out like tons of things have happened in between, some horrific things, and he goes through like several versions of his story. And they talk about how because I guess in the tri- in the country where this was tried, you're allowed to change your story like as much as you want, and it's not allowed to like impact like how people see your credibility or something like that. 
so he was able to do that um anyway it doesn't matter because he you know ends up getting punished for this but like the crime is wild and it's on hbo max um i'm just gonna look it up right here uh-huh it's called undercurrent there you go the disappearance of kim wall yeah no i i've <clears throat> heard i've heard of this story i remember there was like a yeah because like they're like it was the news it was on the news uh definitely check it out it's a it's a yeah, unbelievable it's a fascinating. case mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it really um talks it i think something that it uh demonstrates a lot is just how i don't know like it, it's like a preview for things to come of how people with of like your 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 celebrity billionaire class will be treated were they to be put on trial and this i don't know check it out tell me what you think it made me think a lot of things just about just the future of trials of <laughs> celebrities and stuff um hmm. what else do i have here oh um we were talking about um kind of how social media influences kids with the slender man thing but did you hear about this uh, this was from July 8th, uh, Wall Street Journal. TikTok sued following deaths of two girls. The parents of two children have filed a wrongful death l- lawsuit against TikTok, alleging that the minors died from participating in the blackout challenge after seeing it on the app. And you can pretty much take it from there. The girls are eight and nine years old. They attempted this challenge. And there are articles to this. Um, I can. I don't really want to describe it necessarily, but... The idea was that, um, in my mind, these stories were coming out two, three years ago of like Alexa recommending like some kind of challenge where like kids would stick a fork in like a light socket or something like that. Mm-hmm. This is just the reality of that coming true, essentially. Um, not through the Alexa, but through online and, and, and TikTok. Um, and I think we're just going to see more of these stories. You know, Slender Man was the beginning, but it's really just still the beginning of what's going to happen. Well, yeah, because it's like, it's all fun and games when it's like, Ooh, do the Mentos and Coke challenge, right? Like, yeah, you've ruined your fucking car upholstery or whatever. And that fucking sucks. Right. But like one day someone's going to be the, let's do the bleach and ammonia challenge. Right. Thinking that everyone's going to be in on the fucking joke. Mm -hmm. Right. Or something. Exactly. No, I, I've, I have definitely seen things and not to that severe degree of result, but like that kind of, yeah, the perception get twisted, something get taken this. Yeah, for sure. It's very easy to happen online. Or like how, like it, like, like uh, police departments still don't understand what swatting is. Yeah, when I watched that documentary, um, the the swatting documentary, the one that was on Netflix, when they were talking about that, that like blew my mind. When the, in the documentary they were showing police, who I assume must have get like bulletins or something about this kind of stuff, you know. But yeah, I'm just gonna read the headline here. That's it's enough, mm-hmm. I think. Reality TV star given 12 years for sex crimes involving minors. This is in Chicago. Oh, right. A star from the cast of the show Cheer. So. Yep. And, and so I actually want, also wanted to, mm-hmm. uh, th- there were a couple bits in the National Enquirer that I also wanted to share. Mm-hmm. So uh, read one if you got one, because I have to find it. I've okay, been, I'm going to have to dip in. It's been coming with me, and I've only been half able to peruse it. This one's about um, perception a little bit. Um, okay. I have an article here in the Wall Street Journal. Here, hold on. Let me pull this over here. Okay. A uh, Wall Street Journal article here is about uh, how Natalie Portman's arms steal a show in the new Thor movie, uh, her biceps specifically, uh, but mm-hmm. that even though she worked very well on her biceps and, and, and gained quite a bit of bulk on her biceps, they still had to CG in the magic, as she put it. And I just thought that that was like really fascinating that they let her train for ten months to like get an amazing like upper body workout going, and then kind of like be like, well, we're just gonna CG it anyway. I, I, I mean, sure, but like, what? Uh, and what was the point? So, here's another one. Okay, so uh, there was another conversation I was having with my sweetie about the movies. Okay, and the conversation was about Tom Cruise mm-hmm. and how. 
despite the fact that like the Scientology thing was all like, yeah, that shit's weird, right? Like it still didn't really affect him in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very no. like eccentric, right? He's still he's still like I do my own stunts and et cetera, et cetera. Yep. And you, there's those like those photos of him that are always like going viral of like, look, I'm at the like tallest antenna without a harness. And Best I'm friends with like, the vice yeah, president of Poland. Fucking nuts, right? Like, yeah. just crazy shit, right? So. Uh, <laughs> Name another actor, though, that is, like, that kind of skilled, I guess. Who does their own, like, stunts? I mean, who did them? Buster Keaton fucking did them, right? Yeah. Tom Cruise did them? And, like, is that it? Like, is there no one? I mean, I'm sure that's not correct, right? But, like, yeah. I... Um, did, did all of those dipshits in Fast and Furious, did they drive their cars? A couple of them did, A couple right? of them did for certain scenes and stuff. I know that there's one scene in um, Tokyo Drift where um, Will Bow Wow is actually driving the car for sure, drifting, which is kind of cool. So, I mean, he was only, like, 15 or something. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, a couple, you know, for sure, right? But, <laughs> but, but... like not something they're doing for like every single one of their movies no. and it's like also a blockbuster and is also like charismatic and oscar nominated all those things right and i thought of something i thought of something else part of the other reason that like tom cruise is also really beloved is because he is so like exacting on his sets and i thought to myself you know what he would never have allowed what happened on that Alec fucking Baldwin set, he would have never allowed that shit to happen. Never. Not in a million years would have never happened on a Tom Cruise set. I don't know why I believe that. Maybe it's because he too is a stuntman, right? And he's a professional Hollywood person. He's like obsessed. But he, He sees himself as like this... uh, the gold standard example of like how to be a professional in Hollywood. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't know, like I, I was just kind of like, I was getting upset because like, of course that, that shooting is still something that gets talked a lot about here in Santa Fe and in New Mexico. And like one time I was down in Roswell, gun ca- you know, like gun friendly Southern New Mexico. And they're laughing at Alec Baldwin being like, oh, well, you be careful up in Santa Fe. You know, they don't have any trigger control, LOL, right? Because it's, it's like, because they too were like, that wouldn't fucking happen down here. Like, no, no. And, and if you're getting shots because they purposely shot at you, though, right? Like, and also, something, that's a higher something risk. I've been thinking about too is we must have like gunsmiths, gun masters, you know, those kinds of people in state. Why they have to bring someone from Los Angeles anyway? I never even thought about that until now. Weird. That's what I'm saying, yeah. right? Like, you're going to tell me that we don't. We have our own industry of them. We must for all the movies we make here. I mean, there. so I mean, so I mean, again, lots of things to be upset about. I'm just saying, right? Yeah, like all of these extra New Mexico indignities, right? Like, um, I have a bunch of articles about Netflix. Do it. Okay, good. <clears throat> and it speaks to kind of what you were saying just a minute ago. So, uh, first story. This is kind of chronological. Doesn't really matter though. Netflix seeks chief for ad service. This was the first story that broke because basically some recruiter like sent the word out that that they were looking for um, a person to head up the Netflix part of the bridge to some other company to take over the technology for ad services because you know Netflix is just a bunch of people who create curate content. They don't actually like make a website or anything. So they uh, put that feeler out there. And that went out. They were talking to Snap. They were talking to Alphabet. Came down the wire <clears throat> that uh, Netflix was seeking to show ads because they needed. This is in, uh, let's see, this is the next day. It came down the wire that they were talking about how Netflix needed ads because they were fearing that they were going to see a drop in user base due to the um, height of the price ceiling for their subscription service, also combined with a lack of content that was appealing to them, which was the reason that they recently raised the price during the pandemic was because they said they were increasing the amount of budget they were spending on original content. But now that the content's gone, people aren't, at least the effect is that people don't feel like they're getting value for money anymore. So uh, that was why they're seeking an ad basement. I think they wanted to do like a seven ninety nine deal or something like that, or maybe even like a free kind of uh, Hulu style deal. So then 
<clears throat> a couple days later, I think, Netflix tapped Microsoft as its advertising partner. So now they're going to uh, their Netflix, who doesn't have a person on their end of the bridge yet for that department, is now hired the bridge, <laughs> Microsoft. Um, and and uh, Microsoft even already appointed someone. It does mention that they worked with uh, Google. And then here's something else. Netflix bets big on action with the gray man. And maybe this will kind of make a little sense. If you're trying to build a franchise, why would you start it on a streaming service, asked Anthony Palomba, a professor at the University of Virginia's Darden School of Business who studies media and entertainment trends, specifically how consumer habits change. The film comes at a critical time for Netflix, which will announce its second quarter earnings on Tuesday. They did, um, I believe, right? Tuesday? No. But anyway, they announced they lost a million subscribers, which was a, a huge deal. Wow. That's me. Hold on. Well, it's not actually me. Okay, so while Brian answers the phone, I'm going to read a couple things in the National Enquirer. Um, the first is that there is a photograph of Mike Tyson smoking weed out of a bowl. Mm -hmm. It's pretty obvious he's smoking weed. Okay. And when I saw the photo, and I'll show it to you real quick. When I saw the photo... It had this little paragraph of a caption right here. And I was like, oh, no, they're going to talk shit about how Mike Tyson's smoking weed, right? Because that's what I would expect, right? So, like, there he is smoking <laughs> weed. So I'm be like, cool, they're going to be like, pothead, Mike Tyson sucks or whatever, right? Uh -huh. Here's what they said. Former heavyweight champ Mike Tyson, 56, uh -huh. oh, wow. says he would have been better off smoking than snorting because cocaine helped lead to his downfall, yeah. whereas pot helped him peak. There was one time where I did fight with cannabis, and I broke the guy's back, I busted his spleen, broke his eye socket. End of paragraph. Wow. One time. So It threw me for a loop. He didn't it was not at all what I expected after having read the ones above him. You'd be surprised. Like, uh, the publisher, because I read the post every day, right? And the post, uh -huh. the post, you know, because I love to, because yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. my dessert after I get all my rest of my news in. And uh, and I, I I look at it and I see these totally um, scattered articles on perspectives. They don't have. They're losing. They're like they used to have this very like kind of consistent. It was like to the right, but kind of like confused. But now it's just like all kinds of just stuff all over the place totally crazy i don't know like how it what they're what they see their reader base as maybe they see it as people reading it ironically and now i don't know but it can't be but man it's it's really wild there's all kinds of stuff that'll be like um pro and anti-trump and like pro and everything pro and anti-everything uh -huh. there's no consistent view anymore in that it's very strange well, and it's um, also it's also weird to me because I also don't remember it being like I always remember it being sensationalized, but I never felt like it was like stretched. And so, like, what yes. I mean is, is like here, this headline says Lisa and Priscilla clash over Elvis lookalike, uh -huh. right? And yeah. so it's it's the it's the actor from the new movie, and so what are they clashing about? You know what they're clashing about? Hmm. Who can compliment him more, apparently, is what they're clashing about. So, like, it, it, like it's like Priscilla said he's such a loving tribute, and Lisa Marie said, oh, it's such a lovely tribute or something, right? Just in a diff with different words. Yeah. Okay. And then they're like, they're trying to take him to dinner. And I'm like, so it sounds like they're all getting along then the, the, there's no clash yeah. here and and i'm like i don't know i, I walked away confused because i don't remember it being like that i remember yeah. it used to be like they clashed because they like one of them stormed out of a restaurant or like yeah. it was like something you could at least kind of sort of hang your hat on very like, oh. antagonistic kind of like usually mm -hmm. it was kind of always the feeling 
Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and I, yeah, and maybe it's just maybe I'm not remembering it well, you know. And um, maybe it was always like this. And maybe it's just. My grandfather always used to read the Inquirer, and I, um, I was I probably couldn't read when he used to get it all the time. So, but I always used to see the cover, and it looked crazy. Oh, that <laughs> film, by the way, is made by the Russo brothers, the ones who made like I don't know Captain America and some of those cool action movies, but. The, the point I wanted to bring up is that it cost $200 million to make this film, Netflix, who is experiencing, like, running out of money. Um, and, uh, and one scene cost between 40 to $50 million, one action scene, and it only lasted, like, a couple minutes, and it took a month to shoot. <laughs> I, just, I just love hearing about the budget of an entire film being a shot on one scene. It's just... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we're out of money, by the way. We have to have an ad service now. (laughs) We're not making enough. Anyway. Okay. One more thing. Yes, please. Anything you want. In case our readers, our readers, our listeners Mm -hmm. would like to subscribe to the National Enquirer, I also want to bring attention to the pitch that they themselves give you in their their pages. Now it says, get 24 issues and a free gift. You know what the free gift is? You're never going to believe it. What's the free gift? It is your own energized blue dot. I can't wait to get my energized blue dot. Join the growing number of readers who say they've experienced incredible good fortune. Thanks to the amazing blue dot, permanent, laminated, mm-hmm. energized, mm-hmm. and numbered specially for you. Now, you see how there is a blue dot right there? Yeah, I do see it. Is that it? It says, this simulated blue dot is not energized. Oh, it's only simulated and not energized. So yeah, it's not even it's not laminated. I and if you want your energized blue dot, which I do, you could do two things. You could either mm-hmm. request fifty-two issues at the low, low price of two sixty-nine an issue. Oh wow! And it's like you're getting twenty-four issues free. Oh, it's wow. like that, but you're not mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Or you can be sent twenty-six issues. Mm-hmm. At only three thirty-two an issue. Oh wow! Now I just want to point out, fifty-two issues weekly, even mm-hmm. at two sixty-nine, mm-hmm. comes to a grand total of uh-huh. one hundred and thirty-nine dollars and eighty-eight cents. I just want to point out uh-huh. that that is like forty dollars more than a year-long Criterion sub. That's true. That is true. But so, but you'll get your energized saying, blue dot. And that's, right. that's what matters. I don't see fucking Criterion sending you some shit like an energized blue dot that is permanent, laminated, energized, and numbered specially for you. No. And I've never even no. watched like half my Criterion Blu-rays that I have, so I know that like they're still on the winning end of the deal. Where's my energized red dot from the Criterion man who selects what's Criterion and what's not? What doesn't make the Criterion? It's a, it's like that energized C. It's like not a dot. It's like that weird C logo they have. It's like, like a Pac-Man Criterion. Look, they don't, they can't even send you a full fucking dot. <laughs> no, not even symbolic dots. They're not even yeah, offering no, any like dots. It's like a percentage of a dot. <laughs> Not even a, a fractional ownership. A, a dot NFT. They don't even get that. <laughs> oh, my God. Can we make one right now? Can we make a blue dot NFT? And uh, it will say that it's been specially laminated just for everyone. That'll be our first piece of merch. We'll somehow figure out how to mint an NFT in, <gasps> in uh, today's world. I have a perfect idea. Okay. Okay, so you know how at Backroad Pizza they always give you a magnet whenever you buy a pizza, and once you collect ten magnets, you can trade in the magnets for a free pizza. I did not Surely know that. You're... No, I'd never oh been my... exposed. I didn't know you're supposed to do that. I think oh I actually God. had the magnet. Maybe I don't know if that. I didn't know that. Well, okay. because you know it's very handy. They okay. give it to you with every order, right? Like rooftop oh, now was I mine. That was calm. it was right down the street. Backroad, backseat. No, it's fine. Oh, it's definitely was... better. But it's, it wasn't within walking distance when I was no, drunk. No, that's also correct, yeah. though. That's also correct. It's, you know, it also does, you know, it didn't have, like, that lovely view and shit, exactly. right? But yeah. anyway, 
blue dot magnets. Mm-hmm. It'd be easy. Easy merch. Yeah. You know, we I can set magnets... this up as like a like 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 anybody who joins our Patreon at literally even a dollar. And and it's not even that we need a Patreon or anything. It's just more like it's because we can't just give away these blue dots for free. We, we gotta, promise like, this isn't an address collection service. No. <laughs> it's good to know that National you can hear. National Enquirer. We're, we're doing bootleg blue telling. dots and it'll say something significant. It'll say reality issues, personalized <gasps> blue dot. Oh, it'll be the blue dot that people can put over their face like when they were on court TV. <laughs> <gasps> How do I get one of those? It just needs to be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna work on this. If the the blue, Kathy, your contribution already. That that's it. That that'll be it. That'll be an item. Mm-hmm. Merch, merch ideas. Thank you. Mm-hmm. We're inventing merch ideas. See, and now they live on the show, so now people want them. I'll get a. I'll get a message later in the week. Someone will say, "Where my blue dot at?" And I'll be like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, now yeah. I have to do this." <laughs> Yeah, the first person. Okay, uh-huh. how about it's this? It's real the first when someone person, us The first person who adds either of us about a blue dot, you mm-hmm. know what's going to happen? That mm-hmm. we're going to guarantee that that person gets a free blue dot. It's true. And then you have to give uh, me your but address. Because that, that, yeah, because, yeah, that's true. <laughs> we look you up on Google Maps. Uh-huh. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> no, no, we're going to blur them out. I'm like not going to put the ret- house. <laughs> I'm going to put the return address. Yeah, how do I get the, where, where do I have to sign up to get my house blurred out on, on Google Maps? No, it's okay. I know. I know it'll happen. Hey, look at me up on Google. My house is the blurred out one. <laughs> you know, like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I figure, I figure, um, I figure I'm good enough. I'm, I'm, I'm not popular enough to draw enough ire of anyone. Um, uh, have you heard about the PGA Tour being like torpedoed by reality and politics and, and stuff? Have you oh, heard no. about this? Oh, no. What is... Uh-uh. So um, just because, you know, we were talking about how sports... Why not? I'll bust the wrapper off this collection of newspaper articles I have here. Um, so the PGA Tour is currently undergoing like a, 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 a... What would be the word for it in like the corporate world? Kind of like an activist rebellion. <laughs> They're like... Uh, starting another rival organization to the PGA, sponsored by um, a lot of Saudi uh, like oil wealth, essentially. A, a group of people got together. It's not just that, but that's how it is identified in the media. It's also like Greg Norman, famous golfer and stuff. But um, I would probably describe it as a schism, but that makes it sound more like religion separating, which mm. maybe it is. I don't it, know. It is, and it is, it is kind of sacred in some ways because... Um, uh, they're talking about how there's like the oldest golf course might go to like this live LIV golf um, in their tournament and uh, how the PGA Tour golfers kind of mostly uh, headed up by Tiger Woods is taking kind of the representation on that. It's saying how it's like terrible that like the game of golf is being split into two. But really, it's kind of an interesting scenario because a lot of the golfers that are moving to this other kind of golf thing have opened up a little bit of a window into looking at other sports in a new way and i'll explain this so in live golf greg norman who is not like the greatest golfer he was once the greatest golfer in the world for a brief you know his his window however and he is very highly recognized as a man who brought golf into the world the tier that it is today he's designed a bunch of courses etc but um I don't know. He is who he is personally. It doesn't matter to the story. Uh, but he, he, he is um, kind of heading up the, at the golf. He's like the head golf, uh, lending credence, like any credence to their organization. And uh, a bunch of famous golfers and announcers are moving over. They have broadcast partners, and it's all coming together. Um, but uh, what this has done is it's um, because a golfer like Greg Norman, who couldn't normally compete at the level of PGA golfer, is allowed to compete in this. What it brings up is the idea of people who have aged out of other sports having their own bubble for them to belong in, too. So people who are still healthy enough and still want to play sports but can't compete at, like, the main level. So they'll go, go to, like, the other league mm-hmm. essentially the like retired professionals champion league that would be like you know not as, they're not playing games as often but they're higher profile and they're guys from the past and it's kind of more for fun you know mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. still some way for the guys who also weren't the best in the world to continue to get some kind of retirement paycheck etc um 
and that's kind of something that's being discussed with basketball specifically is a, like a, a retired NBA league as well. Um, and there's a, they want to do, um, there's talks of something like that for not baseball, but there is, I think, well, there is something like that for baseball. Actually, it already exists. Um, but it's not sanctioned by, it's not like officially incorporated as part of the MLB. And that's kind of the idea is that they want to see if that will, that's like the talk in the sports world anyway. But the thing about this live golf though, also is it's now the subject of a DOJ, um, uh, antitrust lawsuit, <laughs> because it just happened and it's not even the live golf doesn't even exist as like a thing yet it's just because it has spurred the idea that oh wait uh, the pga does own the concept of golf professionally as like a tour so hmm. i found that kind of interesting and just because we've been talking about sports as reality tv i figured we cover at least at like a top level yeah i'm not like the biggest golf fan but i found that to be an interesting kind of thing no well it's it's uh this is what solidarity is about right mm-hmm. i mean it's uh I, I don't I don't know enough about the tour and what all this shit is right to know who's quote unquote right or more correct. Yeah, or, I don't know either. What I just know. found it to be an um, interesting scenario. I don't really. But know. like to that right, like um, I just DM'd you mm-hmm. a link to a documentary that I know we've mentioned before because it came up in our bas- uh, baseball discussion, mm-hmm. and it's called "The Battered Bastards of Baseball." Okay. Um, And it is a documentary about the last minor league team. And it was owned by actor Being Russell, who is Kurt Russell's dad. So it's like maybe the inverse of Woody Harrelson's dad or some shit. If I can through the looking glass dad or something, right? Interesting. um, But it was about, like, it's not, like, I'll say it's not really just about the team, it's about what it meant in this transition from minor major league and like this shift that was happening at that time. And right now that, that conversation is very ripe, you know, like that's happening right now. People are always talking about like the the players union and all that. Anyway. Um, unfortunately, I think I'm going to have to leave it on that note. Okay. Cause I do have to run out of here, but, uh, um, I'll, let me just say one more thing before you go mm-hmm, real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, just to give the, the, the viewer at home a little perspective on just where baseball is at right now. Um, the, the, what is the person who is considered the top prospect in baseball? Juan Soto of the uh, Washington nationals is he was hired at 16 by the washington nationals he is now 23 he was recently offered a 15 year 445 million dollar contract by his team and he said nope because he figured out that sports i think or his management or someone did figured out that baseball and sports uh, professional sports are about to detonate in their amount of what they're worth, not just for the gambling reasons, but because I think actually viewership is going to raise it. They're going to reformulate a lot of things about it. The, the new baseball, they, they showed a, uh, uh, um, just real quick, uh, they showed a baseball game uh, right before the All-Star game. It's called like the Baseball Futures game, which is basically a bunch of minor league players playing with all this new tech that they want to incorporate into baseball in the near future. When they get that all coming Baseball will be more accessible and more watchable and more enjoyable in the future. I promise. It's just uh, it's just a matter of time. And also, I think you're going to see a lot of uh, the athleticism of uh, explode as well in baseball when a lot of younger, the newer, younger players get in there. They're using all kinds of training tactics, VR stuff. It's wild what they're doing these days, and it shows because a lot of these players they get access to pro sports training facilities from like 16 17 18 and by the time they're 20 21 22 they're like the greatest thing that's ever happened and it's it's shown there's three players this year that have popped up with that had access to those kinds of career like launching things and they are like unbelievable their stats are you know they want to give them four half a billion dollars for for 15 years well and on the like gossip side right because i like literally just started looking this up um, as you mentioned it, they're already there's already like headlines here that are saying like, oh, like his his team, the Nationals, like refused to fly him out and do a thing because they're like fucking all pee pee hearted or whatever. Mm-hmm. That like they are there. They they didn't like that the secret got out, but now the other thing is now every yeah. other team is like, hey, dude, 
Like when you're when in yeah. three years when your agreement's up, like we're gonna hand mm-hmm. you a check for seven hundred and fifty million dollars, yeah. and it'll probably be the Yankees or something like or the wow. Dodgers, honestly. Yeah. Probably the Dodgers. Wow. Um, yeah. How about that? So that's that's what I'll leave you on. And also now Condoleezza you, Rice owns uh, about two percent of the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. We'll see you in the DMs. We'll plan more. Oh my God. <laughs> That's it. And uh, we'll see you next time, everyone. We had a fun episode uh, six, we'll, season we'll, two, we'll... episode six. <laughs> Kathy has to go. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Uh... I've got 196 different kind of oil pans. The electric toaster. There is a thing in here. That wasn't one time or another used on the Lincoln Highway. <laughs> that wasn't one time.